a blessing and an honor uh, to be here and uh, to share a little bit with you uh, tonight. I want to kind of try to do a few things. I want to share a little bit update of our fishing hole in the uh, Dominican Republic. Uh, if the theme of the conference is networking, then there's a purpose to why we're networking and why we're working also on the nets, and that is to go fishing. And so I want to just share a little bit about uh, the fishing operation in the Dominican Republic. And then I want to zoom out and just share a, a few things that you may not know about Daystar Baptist Missions. Uh, some of you have heard about the office. Uh, you know that Tim Bilbrey has uh, been around, uh, but you may not know the extent of the growth of uh, Daystar Baptist Missions, and that will be something that Trey will pick up on Tuesday night in the Dessert Fellowship. And then lastly, we want to recognize a few people that have been instrumental uh, on this side of holding the ropes, as Trey uh, shared with us this morning, that have been important people in the history of Daystar Baptist Missions. And then finally, if we have time, uh, I might share a thought or two from Scripture. I think we can do that all before 9 o'clock. And so, um, so our fishing hole in the Dominican Republic we have a ministry that uh, we started that we affectionately call uh, the DR Vision. It really uh, has underneath of it many ministries, but if, you were, if you're not familiar with our ministry, at the center of our ministry is a local church. Uh, we believe that the, or, the organism that God has created, the organization that God has created for worldwide evangelization is uh, the local church. And so that is at the core. Uh, you probably have uh, heard the updates about the EBIM church. We can go ahead and advance. Uh, on the right, that's a, an old rum building that we were able to, um, it was used for a rum warehouse for over 100 years. We were able to buy it in um, 2010. And uh, so we paid that off. And then we were able to um, buy this building here, this yellow building, which also had a basketball court and other uh, classrooms. And we got into that, that project one year before the pandemic. And we were able to purchase it for $200,000. Now, if I would known that the pandemic was coming, me of little faith, I probably would have said that's not a wise decision to get into that, that deal. But uh, God was faithful uh, to uh, support uh, the work because it was his leading. It was his, it was his vision. Uh, it was his uh, plan uh, for us to have this building. And uh, so... Uh, you know, I don't know what else to say, but thanks be to God, because this year we paid this building off, and it belongs to the church, and so all the church buildings belong to the church. It doesn't even belong to Daystar. It belongs to the church uh, in the DR. So really, uh, you're looking at a, almost like a half a block uh, uh, down. You know, you've got this uh, building here, and then we got rid of all the room. We don't have that anymore, and we have a garage area that we use for fellowship. We also have a baptistry there. And then you have this building. On the second uh, story is where the women's workshop, uh, the Mercy Jewelry and all that is uh, taking place, bottom stairs. We have children's classroom as well as offices. We have a kitchen and classrooms along the side. You can't see it from this angle. And then we have uh, basketball courts that we use for our sports ministry. So every, nearly every day uh, there's ministry that's going on uh, at this facility. And so we just thank the Lord for what he's done uh, there at the EBIM church. And we'll advance to the next slide. And, uh, you know, that's a, a look inside. Um, 
you can get away with an old building because you don't have to have everything perfect. Uh, it, it's character uh, if there's some flaws in the building. And so we're thankful for what we have. But uh, one of the things that we're excited about is, is the start of chapel ministries. And we're at the place now at EBIM that uh, we have good leadership inside the church. And uh, I'm praying about... Uh, we, we have initiated a little bit of a transition, so that my assistant pastor will be taking the lead, Lord willing, in, within the next year, and I will be able to focus on other aspects of the, uh, of the ministry and its growth. Uh, one of those is the chapel ministry. We're identifying areas outside of the outer rim of our city that have limited access to a good gospel, uh, good Bible uh, preaching and teaching church. And what we want to do is start... Uh, chapels in those areas. And so Sunday morning, people would come to uh, the main service, and then in the evening or the afternoon, there would be a chapel service of some sort uh, in, in those areas. And what we're excited about is connecting our church people uh, to those chapels so that they get to serve uh, as an outlet, as, as a ministry outlet. And so that's going to require our church people to give. That's going to require, require our church people to to uh, participate in that. And so Doug and Paula Hodges, who you all know very well, my in-laws, um, they're going to spearhead that effort. But then uh, that will be a, a ministry objective of mine as well, is connecting the church to these chapels. And we hope that those chapels one day uh, turn into uh, their own churches. Uh, we're not really, we're not trying to build up EBIM as much as we are just trying to get the gospel out um, in an organized fashion so that we can make a difference uh, in our um, area of the world. So that's EBIM, uh, what God has been doing and, and what we think is on the horizon there. We also have probably heard about Las Palmas Christian School. It's a bilingual Christian school that is accredited with the Association of Christian Schools International. We have international accreditation. We have uh, 480 students, and we have 200 that's on a waiting list. This school is just an amazing story. It has its own property uh, that God has provided, and we continue to build. Every, every year, there's building that's going on. We've built uh, multiple buildings from, uh, this is just the elementary building that you see in that picture. And so um, we have a neat cybersecurity um, uh, program that uh, we've backed it up to the middle school and a, a guy who became a friend of the ministry that works with Palo Alto uh, has started a curriculum and so we have uh, students that are graduating with the first three or four um, certifications in cybersecurity and uh, we actually have some stu students who have made have earned scholarships uh, to uh, colleges universities here in the United States and so when they come over uh, they have an English, uh, they have English uh, command, and they also, uh, you know, are academically uh, suited uh, for the universities here, but also uh, they have a Christian worldview, which is the most important, that they, that, that they love the Lord and they understand uh, who they are in Christ. And so this uh, Christian school continues to just uh, grow and expand, and we're excited about that. Another net, if you will, uh, in the ministry is the Mercy Workshop Ministry. You've heard about that through my wife. Uh, she is, many of you have asked about her. She is down in Nashville uh, today sharing uh, the ministry with another church, and she'll be uh, working some other churches in these next couple weeks. So we're actually on two different circuits, and uh, I will see her by the end of the year, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I think in October we're going to... Uh, connect again. 
Um, it's neat about this ministry. It's on the upstairs of that building that I showed you. These are some of the ladies uh, that have been um, reached out on the street. Uh, Allison has a team of women that go out uh, on a regular basis. There's a rotation. And uh, they go out and just make connections with these women. But they invite them to come off the street and to be able to get a job with dignity. And uh, it takes... Uh, many of these women, it takes months and months and months for them to feel like they can trust uh, this operation. They'll come and they'll be given a job. They'll be given training. They'll be uh, helped with their papers. If a lot of them don't have papers, which creates a vulnerability. Uh, many of them have been uh, trafficked or prostituted uh, when they were children. Um, and told me about uh, one particular lady that um, is a little bit of a challenge but she told me her story the other day. She said, Gary, she said when she was 12 years old, her mom, her mom uh, connected her and married her off to a 30-year-old man. 12-year-old. I mean, if, if a kid is going to be trafficked in that situation, they're going to have some problems. They're going to have some trauma that you have to work with. And so, um, you know, all these women are broken in some way. But the exciting thing is, is to watch the transformation that happens uh, through the power of the gospel. And so they're not just preaching the gospel to them. They're uh, coming around them, meeting their physical needs, meeting their emotion, helping to meet their emotional needs, uh, bringing them into a family. And what's really neat is every Sunday morning, if I'm looking out uh, from the pulpit there at EBIM, every Sunday morning on this side, there is at least six to seven, six to eight uh, women that are in the program that are sitting there uh, listening to, to the messages. Uh, we believe that it's not just a, a social element, but we believe that the gospel has to be at the core of everything we do. And so we're connecting them to the church as we can. I uh, won't we'll never forget um, uh, this, this year there was a VBS meeting after the service and uh, I came out into the, the lobby, and one of the ladies that, are in, that is in the program was just uh, giddy, just so giddy. She, she looked like she was, it's like middle school, and she was just giddy, giddy, giddy. And she was so excited to tell me that she was on the VBS staff, and she had a, a role and a responsibility um, in, uh, in the ministry. And so that was, that was exciting. Uh, it's a slow process. There's a lot of uh, steps forward and steps back. But uh, you can continue to pray for that. Allison also has the Paloma House out on the property, which is a residential component, and she's looking to build more houses in the future um, because there are some cases of these women that uh, they need to, to get out of their neighborhood. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not doing a, a very good job of presenting her ministry, uh, but uh, when she comes through, uh, you can uh, hear more from her. We have other ministries like the Lifehouse Children's Home. We have uh, the seminary. We have sports ministry. Uh, the Rainies, who you all met a couple years ago, have just arrived from Costa Rica. They're physical therapists, and they're going to help us start a medical ministry specifically in the area of physical therapy. And so if you would think about all these ministries, you'd say, that's a lot. It really is. And it really is beyond anything we could have imagined. I mean... Yeah, we, we, we had some, we had some of these things are things that were uh, part of our original vision, but you just don't know, we never could have dreamed how God would provide uh, resources and people and how God would, would even expand the vision beyond what we, what we could uh, ask or think. And so 
uh, we're just very grateful that we have all these nets. You know, if we're talking about, you know, I, I told somebody uh, recently, I shared it from, the, the, uh, from EBIM as well. Uh, we're a fishing operation, and our job is to, uh, to, to go out fishing for people. And so as, as a church, we're going to put down nets as, as, as much as we can. And I was uh, responding to, to a particular person who uh, he, he, he kind of wanted, he was one of those that he was so passionate about his ministry, it was like he thought that everybody should be in that ministry. You ever met somebody like that? Don't tell on each other. But, I mean, they think that that's the only ministry. And I had to explain, I, I said, brother, I said, we are a fishing operation. That's what I told him. I said, and so oh, I am so thankful for the ministry that you're a part of, and we're going to keep fishing that hole, but we're also going to uh, encourage people to get involved in other areas where they're gifted and where, where they can have the time to serve. And so that's a little bit of the DR vision, and so we're just thankful for how the Lord has uh, worked in that. Uh, one other thing to show you is vision land. Uh, you've heard about this. This is 46 acres of property. We also have... This is my uh, Steve Jobs and one more thing, you know, that he always says, uh, or he always said. Um, and so anyway, this is 46 acres of land. All this dark green uh, is our property. As you can see, baseball field, soccer field up in the corner. We'll one day do a softball field and we'll do basketball courts and all that. We have the children's home uh, up in the, the north there. And then on the left, we have the Paloma house. And then we're building this house. Uh, go to the next slide. We're building this hosting villa. Uh, we have hundreds of people that come down every year, and uh, we're building this villa so that we can have a uh, place to host missions teams, also do retreats and camps and things like that. And so um, you can pray with us about that. On, on the right will be the dorms. There will be, well, be the rooms. We'll have five rooms on the bottom, four on the top, each with their bathroom, with a balcony. There's a living room um, right here in the middle, and then there will be a wing with a couple more rooms and a bathroom um, on this side. And so we're excited. We've uh, come up th to this part uh, debt-free, and so now we're just raising the uh, sponsorships. So we have 14 sponsors uh, at 10000 apiece, and we already have three uh, sponsorships already. So just pray with us that we can get those other 11 sponsors. We believe that God's going to call people um, and lead people into missions from this, from this property because there's, a, a, there's an opportunity to pour into trip participants. There's an opportunity to pour into people who are on camps and retreats, and uh, we can control the environment, and we can pour into them, and we believe, like Pastor said this morning, that we can multiply ourselves, reproduce ourselves, and see other missionaries uh, go out. And so this is very strategic for the long term of uh, getting more fisher fisher people, I guess. You wouldn't say fishermen in today's, uh, but fishermen, if you'll allow me, uh, and fisherwomen uh, to, to go out uh, into the, uh, out into, you know, the countries uh, of the world. And so uh, pray with us about that. Okay, so let me uh, zoom out to Daystar really quickly. Uh, Trey will uh, cover this more on Tuesday, but you may not know that DBMI Daystar Baptist Missions. We have 33 uh, missionaries. We have three office staff. Uh, we're in three countries. Dominican Republic has two teams. Uh, we have a team in Ecuador, a team in South Africa. And in 2022, we had $1.6 million that came through just in that year for donations. Now, that's not a huge organization by uh, nonprofit standards, but that's a little bit more than a mom and pop as well. 
And so God is increasing that. I mean, we are seeing, we're going to pass, we, we may pass 2 million uh, this year in donations and projects and support. And so um, that is not all to my salary, okay? Uh, that is, uh, that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. It didn't land very well. But um, that's for all these countries and, and, and the missionaries and, and all that that it takes. And so we're already getting inquiries from other people that are interested in joining uh, Daystar. And so we have some South American, I think we have one or two uh, different inquiries from uh, South America. Uh, uh, Trey's got someone that uh, is, he's about ready to onboard, I think, from Ohio. Uh, that's going to help with uh, recruitment. And so we're just really excited about what God is doing with Daystar. And here's a really cool thing about this. This started right out of this ministry. This started right here. This was birthed by uh, the church. And so that makes it extra special uh, for me and Trey. Um, in 2022, we had 200 trip participants, uh, but we already have new partners that are lining up um, that want to, you know, have us bring uh, short-term trips. Here's the thing. You get, people, you get people to the field, what their eye sees affects their heart. Uh, and they open their heart. That's what happened to me uh, when I w went to the Dominican the first time in 1995. I thought, there's no way I'm going to be a missionary. I was just going for the missions trip. I had so many misconceptions about missions. But when I went uh, in 1995 and then again in 1996, God planted the seeds of missions in my heart. I had to go see, uh, look under the fields, for they are wider than the harvest. You, your eye has to see uh, for your, your heart uh, to, be, uh, to be affected many times. And so, um, anyway, uh, we believe that we're going to in, uh, increase the trip participants at Daystar uh, we'll be into the thousands before long. Uh, Trey's already lining up. Uh, uh, Trey, how many, I mean, you told me this morning, you were like, you know, you've got like 10 trips already, uh, just he alone. Um, and so we're just excited about that. So now I want to switch to the third thing. I told you about our fishing hole, the DR Vision. I told you just a little bit about Daystar Baptist Missions, and Trey will do a good job on Tuesday of filling that out and, and giving you more ways to, that you can pray for us and get involved. But now I, wanna, I, I just want to back up, and I just want to recognize a few people. This is family. This might be a little different. I was a little bit uncomfortable even doing this in a service because nobody wants to come to an award ceremony for a church service. But I think the Bible does teach us to honor those that serve well. And uh, I think it's only appropriate because you see me up front, you hear Doug Hodges up front, and you can get the impression that they make it happen. But really, if it's not for the people holding the ropes, if it's not for the people behind the scenes, we can't do what we do. In a fishing effort, it takes ever all hands on deck. In a fishing effort to make an impact with the gospel, it takes everybody working together. And so as it relates to Daystar Baptist Missions, uh, for the first time, I think, we've ever done it publicly in a service, I think there's some people that deserve some recognition, and I, I hope you will um, rejoice with me as we recognize these. I've, I've written some things down, so I'll probably read more than I wish, but I just want to make sure that I cover things that need to be said. You know, when I sat in his office in late summer of 2002, sharing about God's leading in our lives, 
Pastor Lemming shared with me his long dream of having a missions agency with a local church heart. From that initial conversation, it wasn't long before the beginning of Daystar. And he trusted me and, and Doug Hodges to help build an agency that would allow missionaries the freedom to follow the Lord's lead on the mission field without the undue interference that often characterizes missions agencies. Pastor wanted the home church to truly be the spiritual authority in the lives of their missionaries, and he wanted Daystar to be able to cooperate with other agencies of like faith in order to, to make maximum impact for the sake of the gospel. Pastor Lemming has always likened his role as to providing us a vehicle. He said that tonight. We, he doesn't even know that I'm... He knows I'm talking about him now, but... Uh, he, he was going to provide the vehicle. The church would provide the vehicle, and we could help provide the motor. We've been able to do that because of your support and belief in us. Pastor, your heart, your vision, your wisdom, and your empowerment on our lives has allowed us to help grow the ministry of Daystar Baptist Missions. And on behalf of Daystar, we want to say thank you. Trey, if you So, Pastor, we're going to ask you to come up, and we're going to give you uh, a little gift that we have for you. And uh, we've got a card and also something from Blinko Glass. And it's just our small token uh, from the organization of saying thank you for, for your love and support. Pastor didn't stand with us in those beginning days and, and, and uh, all the way till today and put gas in that vehicle through support and encouragement, we wouldn't be here today. And so thank you, Pastor. The second person we want to recognize is just as we believe in working in teams, I mentioned that on the field, you know, the, the office is a team as well and the board is a team. One of the first board members that we had is a financial whiz who helped Daystar's incorporation papers, guided Daystar in the setup and the bookkeeping processes. His financial wisdom was crucial in the early days of Daystar. And throughout the years, he's always allowed us to uh, ask him questions, and he's always been very quick to give us um, you know, wisdom that we needed um, in, in times of growth. He's always been very much behind the scenes, but he's been a true help and encouragement and a friend to Daystar Baptist Missions, and that's Steve Hogsett. So we would like to recognize Steve Hogsett if he's here. Is Steve here? Please. He, he hates the limelight. <laughs> See Trey about that. Steve, thank you for your friendship to Daystar Baptist Missions and helping us all along the way. She was the first full-time secretary of Daystar. She then served for a brief time in the DR. When she came back to the U.S., she stepped back in the Daystar office at a time when the agency was growing. 
beyond just the DR vision. She worked in this position until her recent retirement last year. She was never late on a payroll. She insisted on the books being accurate to the penny. If something was off, she would stay hours to find where and why it was off. When ice hit, or she hit the ice and hurt her leg, she still worked faithfully serving our, our missionaries. We never were delayed by an obstacle she faced. Month in and month out, she was the epitome of a faithful, committed worker. She's also my mom. And I'm proud of her behind-the-scenes work to Daystar. For without her being in the office, faithfully serving the many missionaries in the fields, we would not be able to do what we do on a monthly basis. And so I'd like to recognize my mom. Like Steve, she does not like the limelight, so she will scurry back to the darkness. Our last presentation this evening is for a man who was our second full-time executive director. Under his leadership, Daystar grew into multiple teams. Um, the agency's financial health significantly strengthened. We were well under a million dollars when he started, and now you saw where we're up to close to two million by the end of this year. He brought the organization and process management that we needed. He brought structure to uh, Daystar Baptist Missions. He's been helpful counsel in our uh, to our missionaries, and they have trusted his heart and his words. A couple of years ago, he informed the board of a rough timeline of his retirement as an executive director. He then worked with the board for more than a year to help us prepare the search criteria we would use to find the right replacement. This is not often seen in leadership. He selflessly uh, was considering what we needed to go forward as an organization when his time was done graciously uh, worked with the board for more than a year to make sure that we could identify the right person for the job. He's been a, grace, a great example of how to gracefully transition and ensure the very best for the next leader coming behind him. We are excited that he will be staying with Daystar in his final years uh, of full-time service. But we just want to thank, uh, on behalf of Daystar, we want to thank Tim Bilbrey. Great job. I've thoroughly enjoyed working with Tim at the board level and uh, commend his spirit and his vision to make sure that Daystar can go way into the future. So how did we get here? I have a slide. This is uh, from the good old days. I don't know what I'm doing, kneeling. I look like I'm giving instructions, 
but you all know better than that. That was my dad. That wasn't me. You know, I didn't know how to, I don't know how to do that. But that's me, kneeled down, and that's Trey uh, looking on. Um, a couple decades ago. You know, over the years, I kept coming home, and, and Jerry Ramey, uh, who's here tonight, a good friend, and he and Robin have been supporters all along the way for us. Um, Jerry would show me what Trey had given him from SCORE. Um, SCORE had an impact in both of our lives, and Trey was with SCORE for two decades, but uh, Trey always had merchandise. He always had the merch, and so every time he'd, he would come, uh, Jerry would like to rub it in on me as far as uh, what Trey gave him. He'd say, man, look at the shorts that Trey gave me. Look at the shirt that Trey gave me. Uh, look at the, the, uh, the shoes and the jacket that Trey gave me. Look at the underwear. No, he didn't say that. Uh, I mean, I heard he almost gave you a card, Jerry. I mean, if, I mean he was just always giving apparel and, and everything. I said, you know, I'm just tired of Trey uh, uh, having all this merchandise. I think we just need to invite him over to Daystar. And so, um, in all seriousness, Trey and I have been on parallel paths for two decades. Our paths crossed a little bit in the DR, crossed a little bit here at times. Uh, but as we were making the composite of who the next leader should be to build upon the, the great platform that really Tim leaves us under uh, his administration, uh, I really felt impressed that Trey was somebody that we should go after. And so it, it wasn't like a best friend type thing to be just quite transparent with you. It wasn't because we're buddy buddies. Uh, but I had a respect for what I'd seen, how God had used Trey. And uh, so uh, it's a funny story. I mean, we met in a parking lot in a, in a hotel in his car, and I planted the, the seed of that. And he prayed about it for about six weeks before he applied, and we talked uh, a time or two before that. But uh, I could not be happier to have Trey Bailey aboard Daystar Baptist Missions. I believe that uh, he, he's going to be able to build upon the firm foundation that Tim leaves us. Um, and I'm excited about the growth of Daystar Baptist Missions because, you know, as a young kid, I was challenged with reaching, with reaching the world from the ridge. I mean, that's what Pastor Lemming, if you've been here a long time, Pastor Lemming uh, preached that. Pastor Lemming shared that, that we could reach the ridge, that we could reach the world from the ridge, that we could make a difference in the world. And I just believe that we could do that because I saw what God did in this church. You see, I was, I, my mom brought me to this church when I was just uh, five years old. I received the Lord. Is that Lincoln? I'm, I'm his uncle. So he's like, you're going too long. <laughs> he's a hail boy, I guess. But I received the Lord when I was eight years old. I committed my life to him when I was 12 year old, 12 years old. I didn't know what all that would entail. There's a man here tonight that's very, was very instrumental to me just catching fire. Because though I committed my life to the Lord, I didn't realize that 
like Trey was saying this morning, that he could use me. I thought that was for other people. We had a church basketball team and invited someone that really had been an antagonist. You've heard me tell the story before. He used to pick on me for my faith and invited him to play church basketball. I didn't think he was listening. I didn't think the gospel was making a difference. But Greg Sanders accepted the Lord. And when I saw the radical change of Greg at our high school, Huntington High, the old Huntington High, it lit a fire in me. I realized that God could use what he had placed in my hands. It was just basketball, just sports, in order to connect people to the gospel. Greg radically changed. And when I saw the life transformation of Greg, it set me on this path to just follow the Lord and, 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 and believe that I could make a difference with my life. I could have a fishing net, if you will, and be a fisher of men. I'm excited about what God has done at the DR, in the DR Vision. I'm excited about what God's doing at Daystar. I'm excited to have uh, Trey Bailey with us because I want my life to count for the Lord. I want to do something that doesn't bring me glory, but brings him maximum glory. I want to see people impacted with the gospel. And as you participate in this church, as you give and as you pray, and as you go and, and send, send others, you're participating in a global fishing operation. Somebody caught you in the net. Somebody shared the gospel with you. And so shouldn't we also want to fish for other people? Shouldn't we make that a, a commitment? There's people here who have given. Their prayers, they've given their lives. We've recognized some of them. They've given their resources. This might be hard to believe, but, you know, I shared with uh, about, the, about the villa. Somebody from this congregation sacrificially gave $10,000 sponsorship. And here's what I know about this person, or this family. They also give to Faith Promise. They give a lot to Faith Promise. And so what's neat about this is pastor says, well, it's not just... It's not, it's not just your tithe and offerings, the faith promise. It's not just your tithe and offerings. It's above and beyond that. But then there's somebody here that's actually gone above and beyond that. They tithe, they give faith promise, and then they also get involved where they can. I mean, you have to be pretty committed to say, God, use me. God, use the blessing that you've given me. And that's all we're encouraging you to do is whatever God has placed in your hand, just go all in in the fishing operation. It's interesting. We don't have time. I, I, I do want Pastor Lemming to pray over Trey and, and this transition of, of leadership. Trey will fully take the reins in October. Uh, he's already running. Uh, you know, we're in a transition process, but he's already really practically on board. But um, I would like to have Pastor pray over Trey and then share any remarks that you, you, know, you, you would like to basically clean up for anything that I... 
I need to, but um, if you look at Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, this will be absolutely the quickest message I've ever given. Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their, their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Two thoughts I would give you. One, following precedes fishing. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. If we're going to learn to fish, we have to have his heart. We have to have his eyes. We have to have his discernment. We have to understand his technique. We have to know everything about him. Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you. That's a conditional statement. You follow Jesus, you'll become a fisher of men. The more you follow him, the more you're going to have a heart of Jesus. You can't be close to Jesus and not be concerned about souls. You can't be close to Jesus and not want to fish. You can't be close to Jesus and not want to be part of casting out the nets and be part of a global operation like which is the local church. Following precedes fishing. The second thing I would note to you is that the, uh, James and, and John were in the boat mending their nets. Now what's interesting about this is that they were fixing their nets so they could fish. And so the second statement I would give you is we must mend the nets before we fill the nets. And what's interesting about this word that's used in they were mending the nets is it's the same word that's used in Ephesians 4 in the equipping of the saints. And so what God wants to do in our lives, if, if we can change the metaphor here to that we're also a net, our lives are a net. God has to mend us. That word means to set right, to fix, to make ready. In Ephesians 4, it means to equip. Uh, Ephesians 4, Paul says that he gave pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And so as God does his work in us, it mends us so that we can be used by him to fill the nets. Listen, not everyone is going to be led to go to a foreign country, but everyone can be part of the fishing operation from Lewis Memorial Baptist Church. Here and around the world. There's a movement by some to just want to concentrate locally. It's both and. It's around the world and it's here. It's both. There's people sitting in darkness. There's people that need the gospel. And God wants you to leverage what you have in order to make an impact in the fishing operation. 
We follow him. He makes us fishers of men. We mend our own nets, or he mends our nets. And he prepares us to have an impact in the world.